Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, welcome to the distraction. Joseph, winter, winter is here. It's here. Okay, stop. <laughs> I need to immediately yank this curtain back for how funny that was, okay? Jeremy explains it to me as an extra layer for the bit, okay? And he's like fumbling and I'm thinking, okay, baseball bat. He's going to pull up the baseball bat out, right? Then I hear the sound this does, man. I think that don't sound like a baseball bat, man. Never did I expect fake snow to be coming here as we open the section. This is very much a visual show now, right? Thankfully, yeah. the view count backs that up, Jeremy. So there you go. Yes. Uh, you look very uncomfortable with that sting mask, I must say. The paint fits you better. I can't see anything. I'm taking this off. Okay. I did the bit. I have paper all over my desk now. I have to clean this up. Snow, brother. Snow. No. Not paper. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes. This is, why, this is why I need kids to clean all this shit up for me. So I don't have to do it. Leading reason to have kids. So people can st- clean up your fake snow when you're tributing Sting on a wrestling podcast. There you go. Here he is. He's back, folks. It's a big show. You can tell already this is a big show for us. Very big show. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, welcome, everyone, to The Distraction. I'm Jeremy Lambert. Joined, as always, Chubby Chief. What are you, The purveyor of good? Joseph yes. Holbert, that the yes. new nickname? I'm here to bring justice to a corrupt. This, honestly, in many ways, I am Sting. I am Stang. <laughs> so I'm here to bring justice to a corrupt landscape. Oh, no, really. There's a lot of crooks out there and criminals. I am here with my baseball bat of quote tweet dunks. So I'm here. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm inspired by the return of our distraction goat oh, last night. Oh my god! Oh my What's god! Happened? We, we've got a run in. We have a run in. Oh no! Yeah. Hold on. No, not this early. Yeah, yeah, this early. Oh, no. What is... Oh, no. (laughs) Why why is everybody trying to take the shine off of the man, Jeff Farmer? 
Jeff Farmer's bookings are going to go through the roof now. Jeremy, you saw him in Winston-Salem. Yeah. Man was jacked to the gills. Am he I was. right? He, he was, was jacked to the gills. He was sitting next to Scott Norton, and I thought he could take Scott Norton in an arm wrestling contest. And, and when I interviewed Scott Norton, what did Scott Norton do? He put over NWO's thing the whole time. He did. <laughs> Talk I'm so it. relieved right now. I thought Rob O'Neill was going to do a run-in. This is, this is great. Please continue, <laughs> oh, no, this, Sean. This, this is way better. Much and and here's the thing. I, I know what you're doing, Jeremy, because I saw the numbers last night. You're trying to get those extra clickety-clacks. What are you saying? Wait, 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 wait. The numbers last Sorry. night. Who brought the numbers on Halloween with the Sting gimmick? Those sting were big numbers. No, sting. I did with the Sting gimmick. No, people thought winter was coming. Halloween was over. Winter was coming, and Sting was debuting for Fightful, and they tuned in in droves. If only they would have done that for my Jeff Farmer interview, we could have got this party started Winter's a little here, bit. Sean, look, look, Sean. Snow. I have snow. We have, we have snow snow here. <sighs> I mean, I, I'm just saying that I, I admire how far you all have come. You all are about the numbers now. You all got a taste of those numbers, and now you're all about, as we say, this business. We are I am all so about proud. This, analytics, this. brother. Analytics, I, we're tracking this shit now. I am so proud. I pour over the minute-by-minute minute ratings every single Friday after our show. Just well, get ready open. for them to hit the tank. <laughs> I was so expecting O'Neill. Oh, Jesus. Oh, the show was almost going to fall off a cliff before it even started. we got a star it on has. the show. It has. No, no hang on. Look, I know you have your angle to shoot on, on Friday nights with Sean. <laughs> I've told you before, I'm trying to get a push, okay? I'm here. I'm on. I'm in the upper mid. I'm, I'm getting over. I ain't going to get in any trouble. Nice appearance there from top guy in the business, Sean Rossat. Very fun. Yeah, let's not put him. Let's not give him that much credit. <laughs> Guys, subscribe at youtube.com slash five foot. We're on Facebook. We're streaming on Facebook right now. We're we're streaming on my Twitter. We're streaming on Sean's Twitter. I've taken over his Twitter with the distraction now. We're we're everywhere. Yes, not my Twitter because like what possible like imagine <laughs> inexplicably following not you guys but me and being like, Oh, the distraction's <laughs> on. Oh, Jesus. It's just not a thing that happens. So no, this is it doesn't need to happen before you Would you would you like us to stream on your Twitter? We Absolutely can. not. Okay. I, I like people to like follow me, read my hundred tweets a day, and go, "Hang on, he has a podcast." Oh, weird. <laughs> I thought we just sort of ranted about people that he's not talking to on Twitter. Weird. <laughs> Nonetheless, that's not about Twitter. I don't need to talk about Twitter anymore. Okay, I need to talk about Stang, Jeremy. This, you know, the coolest thing about doing this podcast is when a moment like that happens, and people at you or me, whatever which way, and be like. I was waiting for your reaction to this moment. So that is that is awesome to me. So if you did that, that was very funny because I was as excited as you'd expect when Stang arrived on AEW. Guess in a super chat in. We've got a super chat from our, our good friend JJ. Here to support the stars, Jeremy and Joe. How do you see the business going forward in a few years' time? Sting, just more Sting. That's how you move the business forward. Thank you, as always, for giving me a distraction. Let's talk about Sting. Sting appeared on AEW television last night. Winter came. Joseph Sting, he ran off that loser Ricky Starks and those other guys, and he saved the the Rhodes family. What Sting is here, Joe? It was rumored for a few weeks, maybe even months, because Darby was sitting in the the stands all alone, and it was there. It was. This is one of those ones where you have to be careful, Jeremy, because you could, if you overplay this, you could end up on the end of a viral clip in which people laugh at you crying about Sting on a podcast. And I don't want to do that. I'm not going to cry. 
But there is there's a symbolic element to this that's actually like pretty stirring. I thought, and I actually thought at the moment, and we spoke about it a little bit uh, last night. And it's like it's hard not to imagine what it would have been with a full arena. Yeah, but the production was so strong, and the crowd reacted so like loud for what they you know for where they are. Like it was still a moment, and in many ways, it just feels right. You know, and that sounds, may sound weird. AEW's what a year and a half old, whatever it is. But Sting is like the embodiment of the alternative, right? You look at a guy who had, he was the whole WCW existence. Sting was there for ups and many, many downs. He was there. And then in TNA, how long was we looking at TNA? 10 years he was there? It's got to be around there, right? Yeah, around there. I mean, that's insane. Like he is, you know, regardless of what Triple H may have done to him at WrestleMania, God bless, <laughs> he is the alternative. And as a symbol and a legend for that brand, I just think it's perfect. And having like Shivani. Shivani sounded like he really felt that moment too, which was cool because, you know, people may scoff at it and laugh, and I get why. It's very silly when people get emotional about professional wrestling, but it symbolized something grander in the sense of, like, you know, that that war that everyone's long long past now. We don't need to go back to it. But, like, it just it evoked some of those emotions, right? Hit some of those notes, I guess. It was cool. I mean, you said it last night when they're doing the Wednesday Night Wars podcast or – documentary on the all elite network they're gonna have that sting thumbnail and this will be when everything shifted right here yes it's it's like a cool i don't know i mean here's the thing is i I totally get why people don't care if you don't care i completely get that but i also if you're one of those people i would like you to just attempt to understand why for some of us it was like an all-time oh my god it's sting because we understand the deal, right? We understand what Sting is at this point. We don't expect him to sort of come in and go 45 minutes with Ricky Starks. Ricky, you may want to change that. I don't know. But why would he give Ricky Starks that much, Sean? That should be like a 30-second match. Death wow. drop over. <laughs> death lock, <laughs> tap out. Immediate, immediate tap out. The, wow. the, don't try to fight it. Just immediate tap out. You're booking him like the Kiss Demon, brother. You need, you need to calm it down a little bit. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, it's a classic Sting match where he doesn't even take his gimmick off. He just yeah. does it and then goes back up. It's just like, I just think for some people that that represents more than the moment itself. And it definitely represents more than what's next. We all know that what's next is probably not going to be like groundbreaking if we're being honest with ourselves, but it doesn't matter. Some stuff can just be cool. And this was, if nothing else, for a wrestling fan, in my mindset anyway, it was cool. There you go. I thought it was great. Uh, Shivani's call was tremendous. Like I like I mentioned to you last night in the super secret distraction text messages. Uh it would have been it would have been better if there was a crowd, obviously, but for what they had to work with, I thought the crowd was still very lively uh given the circumstances, but Shivani's call really really made it and kind of gave me goosebumps on it. And I don't have big feelings towards wrestling anymore i've said it many times i think people know the bit that i like hate wrestling can't stand it love working hate wrestling listen to our wrestling podcast everybody uh but the but sting returning he's been he's been my all-time favorite all right people may or may not seen the pictures of me dressing up like sting as a kid i do the sting bit on five different shows now I, i love sting so when he came out last night it was a it was a pretty special moment and hell i the guy ain't gonna wrestle. I don't want him to wrestle. I don't think he's gonna do a whole lot of anything. But AEW uses the legends pretty well without yeah. overshadowing like the actual talent. Yeah, and it's, the thing with Sting too is it's important that we like as much as I love Tully and Arn and all these guys. Sting is like a different 
kettle of fish because in terms of action figures, video games, it's, the Sting is like an actual big deal. I mean, yeah. I just read, this is Scoop, folks, it, you know, and by Scoop, I mean, I saw the tweet that you all saw. Um, he, like, broke the record for Pro Wrestling Tees, right, for the most yeah. – that kind of tells you people love Sting. And I think for a lot of people, it legitimately extends as far as, oh, the guy with the cool paint. And that's fine. That's how wrestling works sometimes. I mean, ESPN tweeted this. I assume Stephen A and Max broke it down this morning on the, <laughs> on the first take giving. It's just it is a, it is an acquisition that in, when you're trying to like you know build like a, a rounded brand, it's cool. It's a neat addition. But I, in many ways, and I think we've spoken about this on air, but like Shivani's story is one of the coolest in wrestling, right? Because in many ways, he has got like a full circle. Silly to say happy ending because I think he's going to be on their broadcast for a long time. But it's a nice way that when you rewatch him in WCW, you know now, like it all sort of comes back around. This was the perfect moment to cap that. If you were making the Shivani biopic, you end it with it's Stang, right? That was like the <laughs> ultimate where it all ended. He thought it all ended before. It's now just all starting again. It's very cool. Got a super chat from Mike T. Appreciate it, Mikey. Super chat from Rob Wilkins. Think Vince calls Ryback to get even with AEW Sting. I don't think that's the, the way to do that. No. I would like for that to happen and Vince to give Ryback a huge push so I can analyze the responses to such an idea. That's what I would like. It's like a case study, like an experiment. Will people defend it? Will people fight? Will they argue? I don't know. Feed me more, brother. too much time on these case studies, Joseph. I am. So too I much time. No, TK is booking um, a case study next week in that Diamond Battle Royal Guild, right? Like that Orange and MJF match is legitimately like a, let's see the spreadsheets if they are correct. Daryl Moriesque. <laughs> This is all I'm here for, folks. I'm just here for the arguments and the Twitter debates. That's all. TK smashing the, the cold white claws with uh, that, that one with guy. With Don Callis. Yeah, with Don Callis. <laughs> Brother, I would pay anything to see when Don could try to convince him of this. And Tony's been like, yeah, just do it. Have you got the Slammiversary tapes? Have you got the Slammiversary? I'll watch Slammiversary now. Have you got it? Let's <laughs> watch Bound for Glory 2007. Let's do it. And Don's like, okay. You know, he's like, I love Chris Bay. This one just shouting in Don's face. Don's like, I was the one with the idea, Tony. It's fine. Uh, how, do you think that's how Don just convinced him? He's like, here, let me throw on uh, Bound for Glory. Look how look how well we did with Bound for Glory. No, he legitimately just said, hey, Tony, I've been thinking about a cross promotion. And he went, Kira Hogan. Just like shouting <laughs> names at him. He's like, okay. And then next thing I had a deal made. It was done. That's what I think. That's what I've heard sources say. That sounds about right. <laughs> that, that honestly it never no, blinked either. Just like no, no, definitely, definitely never blinked. <laughs> okay, I think a, I think I tweeted last night. Like you just pitched it as it's like the Montreal screw job. You just sent them there to you just play this out uh, in real life, and Tony's eyes just like lit up. Like that, you just heard Montreal and heard like the the theory, the conspiracy theories. Like, yep, let's do it. Come on, no problem. What do we got to do? I love Tony Khan's face when. Callus is escorting Omega out of the building during this. It's like a look of like sort of shock. Like, oh my God, this man has come here and commandeered our title. He also just has the biggest grin of like, look right. what we've done. <laughs> like it's absolutely, so, absolutely tremendous. I guess this would be a good time to sort of deep dive on that. Right. And I know JJ's question was about the future of the business, brother, brother. <laughs> so this is interesting in a lot of ways. I think at times as a booker, and that's what Tony Khan is at this point, because trust me, he's not doing anything without his own spreadsheets lining up with it. So he's a booker at this point. 
He, you know, he allows the wrestlers to have good matches. Every match has to go 25 minutes. We have cool, you know, we do the thing. We follow the leads. People can kind of figure out where we're going a lot of the time. It's a good show. Very solid. If you question what kind of confidence that man has in his own, like, wrestling mind, he's now doing, like, an impact has our world title angle. Like, <laughs> he's doing He's now doing this, okay? So, for better or worse, he's in. Joseph, heat or buzz? AEW and, and impact? But big time buzz. <laughs> so like the thing that's interesting about this is it's been really fascinating as far as like my our, my brain is the same as a lot of people's where it's like this is a strange decision for Tony Khan, right? Like this is their biggest dynamite ever, and it ends with tuning next week to Access TV. But at the same time, when you have 80 guys under contract, if you can have a good working agreement with Impact, man, that could be a long-term benefit to them. And it helps the industry. If impact stronger, things can help. You know, generally things will step up for everyone else because that's just the way it should be. It should be more places for people to work. In addition, they have a lot of guys that frankly need to be working more matches than one dark match every two weeks, right? Impact doesn't run a lot of shows. I know that they do like what one mass taping every month or so. Yeah, yeah. But it's still like it gives you more options. Now I'm not saying that's what this will be. My honest take, Jeremy, and we can kind of get into what this will be in fantasy book a little bit, but. I think this is going to be a couple months of an angle, a hot angle where you have some cool stuff going on. Because you remember, Kenny, is an, he's an elite guy. He's an executive vice president and all that nonsense. He has effectively turned his back on the promotion, right? Like he's not just a, an outlaw. He's not like Moxley doing it, a lone wolf. So I think there's a lot of cool story elements uh, with this, but I don't see it as a long-term thing beyond just like we're cool with them now, the same way the NWA stuff is, if that makes sense. Where are you, Where's your instincts out on the just relationship in general? The Young Bucks talked about it on uh, John Alba's podcast, Living the Gimmick. Everybody can go check that out. But they said it's a very, it's obviously early stages idea right now. They're not at the point of let's do a bunch of dream matches. Right. You know, everyone everyone's tweeting about dream matches. Evan Wright actually leaves a super chat. So seeing the AEW and Impact Wrestlers tweet, tweeting at each other, other uh, talking about matches together is amazing stuff. Jordan Grace's thread on matches rules. Yeah, I don't think... I don't think they're at that point yet. I don't think we're going to be seeing graces. Yeah, Jordan Gray. A lot of them are. FTR is like bring in the North. Come on, what are we doing here? Like, why, yes. why are we working? Uh, why are we working Hollywood blondes, whatever they're called, uh, next week? Like, why aren't we working the North next week? Uh, they're all at that point. I don't think AEW and and Impact are quite at that point. I'm with you right now. It just seems like an angle with Kenny. We'll see where the angle goes. I'm more than willing to let this play out. I know people are going to be mad at that. You're going to let this play out, but you won't let the other stuff play out. Yeah. Cause the other stuff has ruined me for 30 years. Like why, why would I try to let that play out? Ruined. This ruined, absolutely ruined. Are you kidding? Okay. All right, go yeah. for it. I agree. No, I agree. I, the other <laughs> thing too, is like the stuff that we're asked to play out elsewhere. And this is not just in WWE. This is the same. There's some stuff we're asked to play out in AEW that yeah. we just don't need to. Cause it's a following the same playbook we've seen a million times. A national TV cross-promotion is pretty rare, folks. We should probably give this one a couple of weeks to see if it lives <laughs> or dies. My thing is, and I know that everyone wants the North to be with Kenny, and I guess to the North are awesome. I completely get that. But Gallows and Anderson have to be the guys that attacked Mox. They have to be. Because the, the story to tell, but in many up. ways... Hey, brother. That, we let that fake scoop slide, okay? <laughs> in many ways... By when when Anderson, it really was Anderson, kind of like give the thumbs up for the Bucks to be the Bullet Club's junior team. That really set in motion 
the years then that happened that led to AEW. That may sound crazy, but it's actually kind of true, right? Like, because a big part of the Young Bucks appeal was they wasn't just doing great stuff in RH PWG. They had these awesome, like, you know, we also worked Tokyo Dome last week. That was part of it. And the story of, like, Gallows and Anderson with Kenny, which is, you know, still that Bullet Club deal, and then their opposite, the elite that founded AW, and then you have the mess of, oh, my God, now Cody's going to have to try and rebuild these bridges with the Bucks. Hangman, where is Hangman? What is he doing? AEW's a mess. Suddenly Moxley's having to turn around and make friends. Suddenly the Butcher's beating everyone up. <laughs> but to me, these angles can be so much fun because it's – and I, my mind always goes to the ROH, CZW stuff where it's like yes. infighting, you know? Like, oh, to me, one of the all-time is, is, is when at the most inopportune time Eddie Kingston and Chris Hero begin to fight each other when they're on the same team. Like, to me, that's what these angles are made for. Give me that stuff. Give me stuff with emotion and heart rather than just, here's a dream match, like, you know, card. That stuff's fun, but AEW's got a lot of good wrestlers as it is. Let's do an angle here. To me, that would be my precedent. Tysel says, what does TK gain from this partnership? He loves this business. Yes. There you go. Like, he wants to work with everybody. He said it, and I'm I'm with you. Do, Do an angle. Don't just do, hey, let's do an impact versus AEW dream match kind of card because sure it'll be fun brand supremacy whatever we don't, need, we don't need to see all that an angle this is you mentioned roh and czw this is almost similar to to sting and wcw and nwo as well it's like whose side is is everybody on here if things right. like really break down all right so kenny's on callus's side who is with them uh the bucks where are they at cody where are they at like it's it's a lot of that going on you can play this out in so many different ways and People are going to knock it. And I mean, look, I get my jokes off on Twitter and stuff. People are going to knock it and be like, this does nothing for AEW. It just drags them down. We wanted the new Japan relationship. I think this helps AEW. It gives them some more substantial storylines to build off of. And I'll, a big reason people knock it is because impact is just where they're at. You know, like we, we've talked about it before. They're just kind of where they're at. I think this elevates impact and I don't think it hurts AEW at all. Nobody's tuning out of the AEW show because they're, they're aligned with impact. These AEW Mm -hmm. fans are going like impact. No, I'm out. Like you're going to get these same 700,000 each week, regardless. And it is important to know as well. It's like people think that Tuesday is going to have this, like, like I'm an AEW fan. Now I'm going to miss all this. Trust me. It's not going to be that. Like, yeah, Omega's going to just do like one angle with Callis and the rest of the show will just be impact with Josh and the gang doing their usual shit. You'll be fine. I promise. (laughs) Two big things in terms of programming there is a chance that this angle allows them to hold stuff off that they have planned because they can focus on the impact angle, which in this setting is pretty cool, right? Because I'm sure we think about it all the time. I'm sure they would like to be back in arenas for some of this stuff they want to do. It's frustrating, I'd imagine. It frustrates me as a fan. The big thing is, I think it's been a really long time since a wrestling show had a good, like, overarching angle, which which goes over above everything else on the show. There's angles within it, but, you know, the, the idea of each week is what's the latest on this particular story. I don't think a wrestling show has done that in a long time. On paper, being the key term here, on paper, in theory, this could be that. Now, I get why you'd scoff at that and say Impact's not over enough for it. It's the idea more than the, the party involved. The idea of an invasion promotional warfare deal is just fun. It is. And people will buy into it if they... And that's why I lean towards Gallows and Anderson. I know I'm rambling here, my bad. But the reason I lean towards Gallows and Anderson is they're, like, recognisable. Anyone that watches AW knows who they are. 
Like, there's no way there's an AW fan. Like, I've never seen guys and Anderson, right? Yeah. And you, and unfortunately, as much as I love Sony Impact guys, that is going to be a problem. Like, it isn't going to be like a big blockbuster, right? You know, response for some of these guys. But I just hope they try their best to maximize it as an angle. Give me the personal conflicts, the stories. Give me some shenanigans with some of the XTNA guys. Have Daniels and Kazarian suddenly like doing some craziness. I don't know. It could be fun. It could be very fun. The Young Bucks said it on getting the Living the Gimmick interview. It's unpredictable. Like you don't really know. We we have plenty of theories of of how this can happen. You're you're very sold on the Gallows and the Anderson being with Omega. It could be a hundred different things the way they end up going with this. And that's that's the exciting part about this. Sometimes predictable is okay as long as it's executed well. And then unpredictable when it's executed well is very good as well. As long as you're not just doing unpredictability for the sake of it, like a Tony Storm heel turn, then it's fine. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Mikey T Super Chat actually said, AEW is going to be beating WWE in the viewership ratings inside five years if they keep pumping out content like this. Everyone from WWE is going to want to come to AEW. I five years maybe. That's a bold. That's a bold look. I I don't know if AEW is going to gain, but like, yeah, I think WWE <laughs> could just slip enough in five years to where AEW just overtakes them. Honestly, the thing I would say is like we all and Jeremy and I are victims of this just by the fact that we cover wrestling. It's like. Try your absolute best not to sweat that stuff too much. And and again, if you're rolling your eyes at me, you should be, because I do it all the time, so <laughs> ignore me. But, like, I, as someone that for a, for a while there was like, man, it's a shame there is no second promotion. Because it, cause as much as Ring of Honor was doing good stuff with the Bucks, it, ne- it never, ever felt that way in terms of, like, the discussion about it. Right? There was never, like, a general chatter on the timeline about Ring of Honor's latest pay-per-view. Dynamite was like my whole feed was Sting Dynamite. So yeah. it's like, in try to enjoy the moment. I'm not talking about you know this particular comment. I know you're just having fun popping yourself, but generally speaking, guys, try to grin rather than grimace when it comes to these sort of uh, the inner workings of it. If TNT are happy, if Fox are happy, if USA is happy, grin wide, enjoy yourself. There's no, there's no indication that any of these shows are getting canceled anytime no. soon. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we do the viewership, the rating stuff because. It's news and we have to and whatnot. Mm-hmm. AW just signed like a new three-year extension with TNT. Ain't going anywhere, it doesn't seem like. Uh, WWE yeah. doesn't seem like they're worried about, about going. They're still, when it comes to the ratings, in the tops every single night um, on, on cable and whatnot. So mm-hmm. I don't think you have to worry about that stuff. Yeah, just just enjoy the product. You know, Don't, don't get caught yeah. up in the viewership and all that fun stuff. Uh, we, we've talked about kind of the angle of it, and then maybe they do more, maybe they do less. You mentioned something of, and this is something you've brought up before with WWE and how they could use other promotions on the network, and I think AEW can do this with, like, Impact, is they do got a lot of guys who are, like, ready, but can't quite get television time, so they're just kind of, like, regulated and dark. Mm-hmm. They could throw them over on Impact and kind of do something minor with them. And by that same token, Impact's women's division, we've seen NWA's women's division kind of carry AEW's women's division in the past couple of months. You bring over some of those Impact girls, and all of a sudden, AEW's women's division looks stronger as a result. I think if I was Big Bill Corgan right now, I'd be starting (laughs) to look beyond my back and be a bit concerned because I think, I mean, obviously, they've benefited from the NWA deal. And I think it's been cool for Dynamite. It's given them some good programming. But now that them and Impact appear to be like fully 
you know, in hopes of working with each other. I'm not sure that Tony's going to be looking to NWA Women's Division much longer. You know, like, because as you just mentioned, Impact has like 15 women. Like, they have an actual division, folks. It's yeah. very scary. So it's, it is interesting to me, the idea of, of using it that way, especially because if you're Impact, it's also, I know some people will be thinking, oh, you know, it makes Impact the feeder league. But you have to understand, if AEW's paying guys and sending them to you to work matches, that means you have to pay less of your guys. <laughs> you don't need as many guys on your full-time roster. Because you know? Impact has a lot of guys on their roster, like a surprising amount. Yeah. Um, I will not comment on whether they should all be there or not. It's not my, my choice or my decision. So there you go. But I, I think that would make a lot of sense. The thing that's really interesting is, and again, I don't know what the history book's going to say, Jeremy. Right? We're simply reporting on what we see as it happens, okay? However, if you just follow what's happened with Don Callis, his ties to Omega here, with the fact that every chance he gets, Rocky Romero appears desperate to make an Impact New Japan tie of some kind <laughs> so he can feature his friends, Gallows and Anderson. It's like, are we going to look back in 10 years and go, do you remember when Impact Wrestling changed the wrestling world? <laughs> do you remember when Impact Wrestling managed to unite every promotion outside of WWE? Like, it's weird. I'm not saying this has any impact on the New Japan stuff. I'm just saying it feels like there's been a shift in mentality, at least, with the US, I guess, you know, Canada, but the US promotions, right? Am I, am I wrong on that, Jeremy? It feels like something's happened. I think there's always kind of been this mentality. The problem is it's just been so far below the radar because, like, WWE is obviously not going to give impact or ROH outside of it when they need their footage and stuff, like the time of day on this kind of stuff. But like if impact and ROH, I mean the bucks and, and the Hardys were working together as part of ROH impact stuff a few years ago before AEW was in existence. Mm-hmm. And everyone was just like, ah, cool. Like two independent companies working together, like AEW having national television and kind of bringing this stuff together is a, is a big, big difference. I mean, new Japan and ROH were, were working together before all this. So I don't think there's really been a shift in mentality. I just think there's been, it's been raised thanks mm-hmm. to AEW having the host or uh, the how the home on TNT that they have. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I also think it, it's not just the platform as much as it's like AEW being live every week, not every week, you know, like pre-pandemic. And that's not the idea, yeah. right? It feels like you're watching it live because it isn't in a Universal Studios and such. <laughs> it does give a different feel to the. It, it makes it feel more like comparable to what WWE fans are used to on their Mondays and Fridays. Yeah. Whereas for a lot of people, like whether you loved TNA at its best or not, it never felt like that, did it, in the impact zone. They'd take, you know, eight years of it in one month. <laughs> it was just a different product, very different. Whereas in terms of energy and stuff, AEW is a lot more comparable. So I just think, I think you're correct. I'm just saying it would be absolutely insane is if when we're hanging up the mics, Jeremy, and we're letting the young distraction folks take over in, uh, four years, <laughs> we're like, man, Don Callis and Rocky Romero changed the beers, brother. <laughs> they, I mean, they I was with Gallows and Anderson. That was the end of it. I jokingly tweeted last night that you know Don and Scott they've had a hell of a run this year. They got The Rock on their show, and then they stole the AEW World Title. Impact's done really well during this pandemic. They didn't have to miss shows either. Like they've done really well for themselves given their resources. You know, I often joke about the term case study, but in many ways that product is like a it's like a science project, isn't it? It's like here are just a bunch of random names. Some are actually good, some are 
<laughs> and like we are going to get every one of them over in their own weird way. Everyone has a role for better and worse. They all have something to do. D'Lo Brown is playing the judge in Wrestlers Call. It's an insane show. Impact is insane. There are going to be people that tune in next Tuesday and are like, what is happening in Because <laughs> it will go from like wacky skits to just an empty building with Josh Matthews. It's, I mean, poor Josh, he's sweating bullets right now. He's thinking, my mentions have been bad enough just with the bloody 200,000 people to watch our show. God forbid the A-Dub folks tune in. Next thing you know, it'll be chaos. 200,000, let's... Is that? Oh, wow. Well, I, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know that. But, um, I'm excited. But anyway, I need to stop you. So you, you took a pot shot earlier, Jeremy. I did make note of it at my Gallows and Anderson fantasy booking. Who are you saying attacked Jonathan Moxley? And was Kenta. it really young? Kenta. Kenta. Yeah, Kenta is TNA Impact, brother. It's still Kenta. No, the New Japan uh, deal is going to happen. Okay. I'm sold on it. So I, I saw, I wish I could remember who tweeted this because I credit them, but someone was like, how great would it be if Impact closed with Kenny and Don outside like a private jet being like, you want to find out? Tune in on January 4th. <laughs> you know, Matthews is like, what happens on January 4th? Well, I don't know what it is. Is that when TNA crossed the line? 2010, brother? No, um, it's... You kind of touched on it earlier, and it's like in fear of going in circles here. It's just, it is neat to have an angle where we can actually sit here for an hour and just plot different things that may never happen, may never even be intended to happen. This could be a one-off for all we know, and we've just plotted out a year of programming. I don't know, folks. I just hope it ends in a war game. Sorry, blood and guts film <laughs> of some kind. That's what I want. It's definitely not a war. I mean, Kenny Omega is going to be on Impact Television on yeah, but he may just He may just lay down for Eric Young, brother. You don't know. I think it's just going to be a pre-tape bit. Anybody tuning in hoping to see like Kenny Omega and the empty impact zone, I don't think that's actually going to happen. Could you imagine Kenny Omega's first appearance as AEW World Champion just coming out in the empty impact zone, Josh Matthews screaming, and he cuts this promo of how it all, how this master screw job came together? My God. How many episodes of AEW Dynamite has Josh Matthews watched? Oh, none. No, watch, none. Not even last night. No, no, he wasn't watching last night. Who had to explain this thing that Impact Wrestling is TNA and that he is now <laughs> on board again with TNA? Who actually had to, he was like watching the show and he was like, Impact, huh? Sounds cool. New promotion. Everyone's like, no, no one's telling Do you think, wait, wait, do you think Sting actually brought them together? Oh, I think this is, my answer is no. But my, <laughs> my, my actual fault with Sting is I think he's there to like expose the truth about the Arn Anderson, the Nightmare Family, all that nonsense. So I think he's going to expose them as the villains and the crooks they are as the purveyor of good, Jeremy Lambert. That's what I think. That's fair. I mean, he shouldn't trust Arn. It, it is weird to have like Arn and Sting on the same side after yes. all the history. And AEW typically realizes the history of that mm-hmm. stuff. So they're not going to just act like we're stupid and that WCW never existed. They're a love letter to WCW every week. We know they exist, Tony. WCW lived, bro. WCW's never been healthier than it is right now, right? (laughs) Never, ever been healthier. It's coming back October 21st, Skyway Studios. WCW's back. We're booking it, Joseph. Dude, that, like, legal (laughs) copy they produced was incredible. That was my – I think I've done that bit this year. I swear I've done the WCW's coming back thing and, like – 
Long you did. Was... You started a TEW promotion. I think I four. I think I four. You, did. You, you were sending me ideas like every night. You were like, Jeremy, I'm at Starcade. Here's what I got. I got Jacob <laughs> Fatu running the show here. There you go. That's way better than what they did. I didn't get any of the love for this. This is bullshit. I actually booked some of this stuff. They just put out a tweet and everyone's like, oh, I'm in. God, come on, guys. But anyway, I love that that poor guy did that bit and was like, okay, time for some nostalgia. And then Sting came out and AW and was like, oh, Okay, sure. I don't know. It's almost like we don't need WCW to come back because it is like very much alive as is almost. You know, it's weird. I mean, I don't think it is alive. Haven't you seen those documentaries? It's dead. Oh, okay. True. It's over. It's awesome that like the lead, the the future is now guy is a bigger fan of WCW than WWE. That is very, <laughs> very fun. Like that rules very much. Like I'm pumped for Starcade, whatever that's gonna happen. The end of this month, I guess they'll do Starcade, right? Oh, yeah, Got NXT Starcade, Yeah, 100%. It's 100% happening. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of WCW gimmicks, Jeremy, I'm going to do the transition. It's Wait, war before games. You, this week. Before you do oh. the transition, Drew Nicholas <laughs> sends us a super chat here for the wrestling and grins. Watching Sting debut with uh, Tony calling it was wonderful as I've never watched WCW. Drew, you got the network, I, I assume. Go watch some WCW. Hoping for a real impact partnership and not just a one-off. Thanks, brothers. Thank you, Drew. Go watch Thank some you, WCW. Drew. Yes, you should be watching WCW rather than this show. You've, you've seen enough of us now. No, go watch, no, go watch Dusty, Tony, and Bobby talk about Slamboree 95, baby. <laughs> do we get, when when we do the AEW Slamboree, like who are they bringing out? Who was on like that first show that just isn't there? Frankie Kazarian <laughs> and Scorpio Sky. The first ever AEW Tech TV <laughs> The Butcher and the Blade. All the all those original legends, brother. They just they have no history beyond the people that have appeared on their show. Luther. That would be very strange. I mean, Japanese Deathmatch legend oh. Luther's got a headline this whole thing. It would be great if they introduced Luther and he comes out in like a suit and it shows pictures of him in like the 90s and they just act like he's not on the current roster. They'd be like, here he is, the legend, Luther. <laughs> There's no reference to it. That'd be great. We need AEW Slamory. I They might have the rights to that one because... They're all uh, gone. A now, lot of trademark. They? What's up? Hasn't Cody like given them all up now for the for his name? Yeah, I don't know who owns all those trademarks. I do those trademarks things every single day, and it all gets lost in the shuffle for me. Very fair. Yeah, NXT Starcade's coming this uh, coming soon. But before we get to NXT Starcade, NXT War Games is coming on Sunday. Yes. yes. What's well, on this I mean, card? I- you know, can can you name this card, Joseph? Okay. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to try my best. Okay. What is the men's war games match? Oh, you want me to name the participants of the matches? Okay. Yeah. Well, the Undisputed Era, Big okay. Bob Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roddy Strong, Adam Cole, of course, taking on Big Pat. Pete Dunne, is very orange. It's what's He's happened to Pete? My, te- my television nearly exploded when he came out. Him, uh, Danny Birch, and Oni Lorcan is the main event, I would assume. Right? Okay. Yeah, I would assume that's going to main event as well. The women's war games is Ember, Rhea, EO, Shotzi Blackheart against, here we go, <laughs> Candice, Tony, Dakota, and Raquel Gonzalez. All right. We're two for two. Okay. Okay. Give me a second. Uh, Dexter Loomis takes on Cameron Grimes in a strap match. Yes. Timothy Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah. And a distraction match. There you go. And there's one other. There's one other match. There is. Oh, I got it. I actually have it. Leon Ruff, Gargano, and Damian Priest. Did you cheat? Did you cheat for this? Absolutely not. I, I swear I did not. Okay. I believe you. I, I am a professional <laughs> that watches NXT, folks. 
This is real. And on Sunday, I intend to even review NXT with my friend Jeremy and the great Andrew Thompson. So I'm prepared, as you can tell. You excited for this show? No. <laughs> no. I, you know, honestly, I, I miss it's War Games. Like, sure. It's a five-match show with two War Games, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not really terrible, is it? Let's be honest with ourselves. I mean, the, the Undisputed Era vignette was interesting because it's just like, I, I still don't know what this stuff is. I don't know if it's like their farewell. You know, like, thank you, Undisputed Era. It's been fun. We're going to cheer you before you leave. Or it's just like they're going to just beat Pat's boys and then just be like top baby faces. I have no clue what they're going to do. So that match will be good. The women's war games I thought last year was excellent. So I'm excited for that purely on the talent involved. Like I saw someone tweeted, Jeremy, who is the worst worker in war games, the female war games. And Raquel is the answer, right? Yeah. Because to the experience. Now try to figure out the next, like I'm not asking you to rank them directly, but try to figure out the next selection there. That, that match is stacked. It's a really good match. It's mm-hmm. yeah. I'm looking forward to these match. Look, takeover matches are always typically really good. They take over cards in general, even if there's not like a ton of excitement for these shows. And there's certainly been far less excitement for takeovers in the last year since AEW has come along and just always dominated on Wednesday nights. NXT is kind of just flown under the radar, and so their their takeover specials have almost flown under the radar. Mm. Um it's going to be a good card. You look at all these matches and like outside of Loomis and Cameron Grimes and this strap match, which I don't have a ton of high hopes for everything right. else on this card is like really good. Even if the build hasn't always been spectacular. This may be a hot take, but I'll just say it bluntly. I think they just suck at TV. I mean, that's their actual problem to have a go home show with that few like bullet point. Like if you said to someone, I missed NXT. What must I watch from the go home show for one of their what five specials a year or whatever it is? You'd be like, um, Shotzi won the fifteenth ladder match of the last month. <laughs> They're terrible at TV. That's what. It is. And I'm not saying AEW's great here because I get frustrated sometimes with like AEW just does matches for the sake of matches sometimes, and I don't I... think TV should be that way. I don't. But with NXT, it's like just random fifteen minute matches on go home week. Build the pay-per-view matches some, you know? Like, McAfee obviously does the promos, but other than that, it's very empty to me. This is what happens. This is a WWE problem across the board, though. Like, all of their go-home shows are terrible and skippable. Like, they, they, they don't do anything to make you more interested in the match. Half the time, they're just adding new matches that, that week. Like, Ciampa and, and Thatcher was just added this week. Io Shirai being on the women's team was just new this week. And right. yeah, they do the, the stupid ladder match that they've run into the ground now. And I can't stand it. No more ladder matches, ban ladder matches in NXT. All right. They're going to do one next week, probably. Hey, well. um, yeah. But th- this is every single go home show in WWE and NXT is not exempt from that. But I think like, here's the thing with the main rosters. I still call it main roster. Cause it is to me, as long it as is. someone like Mia Yim goes up and they pretend she's not the person she was, it's not on the main roster. Okay. <laughs> Whether they're good or not, they generally will have like some sort of plot slash narrative involved. Okay. NXT is a guy at the start of his pay per view build writing down the card he wants to build to, and then being like, okay, I need to have an excuse to make these matches. That's what NXT has been for years. I co- do not tell me it wasn't. I covered, not you, Jeremy, for the audience. I covered it for 18 months every week writing a report card. That was not a cheap plug, so I don't expect you to read three years old NXT report cards. <laughs> And the way it used to work was they would 
figure out what their next takeover card was. They would do bulk tapings and tape to that. And over an hour, that's fine. You're now doing two weeks every week. Every week has to have a big match on it. But you're building to pay with you guys that have five matches. So you end up with like, like what was some matches on last night's show? Help me. Like Jake Atlas and Tony Nice, Imperium and the, and the Grizzled Young Vets. These matches are just on the show. <laughs> there's no, there's no like actual plot point here. It's, it's just there's their matches, certain matches. With AEW, at least when they do the pay-per-views, they have to build more because they have bigger shows, right? The net, the takeover thing is five matches, which is just their choice. That's fine. I just don't think they've figured out how to adjust that format. And I look, I completely get what you're saying about that's a WWE thing, but there is a there's a feeling that's different to NXT. I enjoy a lot of NXT as a wrestling fan. Because if you give me guys of that caliber, like Kyle O'Reilly's going to wrestle a 20 minute match, cool, I'll watch it, that's fine. But I think it's the least kind of accessible and palatable for a general, not casual is the wrong word, but just someone who just sort of somewhat likes wrestling. I think that show is just so dry. I don't know, maybe people disagree. Like the only character on it is Cameron Grimes, and they know that, which is why he's on the show every week doing (laughs) silliness with Dexter Loomis, who's the other character. (laughs) It's just. I don't know, man. I, I we, we banned it because we never thought we had anything to say about it. And it's just like, I watch it. And when I watch the matches, I'm left saying, okay, it was a good show. But if I want to just thumb through it to see the headlines, it's like, there is none. There is none. It never happened. Never happens on that show. I'll tell that Carlos. Carlos is writing like three, four articles a week. He's going to, he's going to come at you. But that's the thing. Maybe stuff is happening. It's just, I don't, I'm not invested in it. So it seems like nothing to me. Maybe that's exactly. what it actually is. Carlos said an article on Malcolm Bivens talking to to Russ Taylor last night, and it was just kind of a background thing. And it's like, is this going to go anywhere? That's the other thing is much like main roster stuff is I don't have faith that a lot of this stuff is actually going to play out and mean anything like NXT is like lost that faith with me over this past year. Yeah, because they because they now are like if there's one thing that you can't even debate with the main roster and them is like, they now do operate on the same same format, right? Like it's yeah, the week to week they're live, they change on a dime. Like there's no way that someone didn't see a rating for a ladder match and was like, people love ladder matches, more ladder <laughs> matches, and that's what happens when you when you're living and dying by those ratings every week. And I want to reiterate again, if someone's watching this and it sees their favorite show, I'm not saying you're wrong because as a wrestling fan, I get that. Like, their, their roster is great, man. They can draw names out of a hat and be like, that's a great match. Unfortunately, sometimes it feels like they are drawing names out of a hat. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sitting there like, can we do something? You know, like, McAfee did the great promo, but it's like, couldn't we have done... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like a big hot angle to, to try, you know, go off the air with like, oh my god, war games. 
I know they did it with the women, but it was just another ladder match. That was their um, big hot angle. Is they're, they're doing the baby faces now had the advantage for war games. Which that is works. always done. Always so, done. Well, that, is a, that is a TNA thing where... Who's going to turn? Point, Who's going to turn, though? <laughs> I, honestly, I thought Ember was going to turn, and they did the... To- Tony turning heel and <laughs> just standing behind Candice Ray is one of the funniest things Triple H has ever done. But the, the baby face advantage thing is peak TNA. Where WCW did war games for 15 years and never did it. And TNA at some point, Russo must have just gone, anyone thought about it? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow some everyone was like, yeah, good idea. Good call. Let's do that. But, you know, all right. The, the thing as well, too, is like we're supposed to pop for EO being the last member. And it's like, you'd have to be pretty dumb to not have grasped that was going to be the direction, <laughs> right? I'm, so I'm sorry be, to be disrespectful to anyone that was surprised by that, but she wasn't going to be in a title match, and she was in the angle the week before. Of course it was EO. Of course. But, you know, well, getting carried away. Getting carried <laughs> I, away, Jeremy. I legitimately think Ember's going to turn in, in this thing, and yeah. I don't know. It's not going to mean anything, but I actually think that's what they're going to do uh, on this show is an Ember turn. I'm sure, man. I think she should have turned. She should have turned rather than Tony because while I love Ember, she's great. She doesn't connect easily, especially now. Because she does some she tries a little bit too hard as a personality. Like I mean she's she's she lets it get into her head that people kind of bury her promo and stuff. And the result is these like weird like I am not a bad promo promos. So they're not very good. <laughs> Tony like connects more organically because she's just got like a natural physical presence. She's got like kind of rock star vibe. And Triple H sees that and goes, "Good lord, she could get over." He'll turn ASAP. <laughs> any any call ups around here in this woman's division that we brag about every week? But there you go. I think the other problem with NXT to once again compare it to the main roster, especially War Games, is like, all right, it's November. I guess technically first weekend of December. Time for War Games. Like we gotta. We got to do this. And that's very main roster of got to do a table match, got to do a ladder match, got to do a hell in a cell match. It's like, you're not actually building meaningful feuds with this. You're just doing your annual gimmick and then throwing random people in there. I mean, thank the Lord for Pat though, right? Because he's the one who gives it any kind of like, because without him, it really is just random dudes. Like Pat's the one who's got the sort of hook here because he's the whole thing of he's sort of going after the, uh, the era fellas. There's someone out there, by the way, that's like, I waited six months for these dipshits to talk about NXT, <laughs> my favorite wrestling brand, and they've talked about how bad it is for 15 minutes. I do it's Joel say, Pearl, NXT guy Joel Pearl. Yes, Joel Pearl is, claims not to be an NXT guy, and he's so obviously an NXT guy. It's very <laughs> embarrassing for the brand. I do want to, I don't think we spoke about it a couple weeks ago. I don't know if we had like a guest or we did some bullshit. I don't know. Eo Shirai and Rhea Ripley, genuinely one of my like f- absolute favorite matches of 2020. So I don't hate everything, folks. I like. A lot of the matches, I'm just trying to be objective in my analysis of this television show. That's all, folks. Of course, they have good matches. Like, if you can't throw Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley out there for 20 minutes and not get a good match, then yeah, something's wrong with it. But it's every single show. Every single show can just have good... Like, Hangman Page and John Silver was a good match. There was a story behind it, just like there is a story behind Rhea and Io, but there needs to be just more on this stuff than just, mm-hmm. hey, let's throw these guys out there and have a good match. Jeremy, I have a game for us to play. This is a pre this is a prelude, a setup for Sunday's show, which I hope to appear on. Oh God. When Roderick Strong enters war games, how many times will he slap his fire in the first minute after his entry? So as, the, as he steps through, clock starts, 
How many times will his hand connect to his fire in that minute? Four. Only four? Yeah, four. My estimate, and it's a low, I'm lowballing here, is 27. That's where I'm going with this one right now. <laughs> He's going to do that spot. He, oh, by the way, I love Ronnie. The spot he does where, where the brother is like hooked on the ropes and he just literally runs back and forth doing forearms and slapping the <laughs> shit out of his fire. He's one of my all-time favourites. I'm pumped for Ronnie to start hurling, guys. This is what I missed when not watching NXT. Roddy Strong just does backbreakers. It's the best thing. It's the, people say, oh, what's the character? Backbreakers. That's the character. He backbreakers people, doesn't he? That's what he does. I'm pumped. I'm excited now. I've talked myself into it. I'm going to count the fire slaps. <laughs> I love fire slaps, Jeremy Lambert. Uh, I do think yeah, I do think this will be a good card. I am looking forward to the men's uh, War Games match. What does Pat McAfee do? What kind of crazy dumb shit does he do? Well, it's interesting because he, there's an argument that you have him do like the J.J. Dillon bit, right? Well, like he comes in last. It's sort of a, you know, it's the, you get a little comedy out of it. He sells, he begs off. I have, don't think Pat has any interest in such a thing. No. He's going to no. climb straight up to the top of the cage and do some <laughs> dumb shit. You know, I just hope the one thing with those matches, and the reason I loved the women's match last year, was because while it had all those exciting spots and stuff, it had like a, there was a spite to it and an aggression that I think often lacks from the, the men's war games matches in NXT. It's like, okay, we're stalling until the next cool spot here. We're going to have a table here. Or, you know, all this like, just hit each other and bleed. <laughs> That's all just hit, just, just get in there, Jeremy, right? You're in the match now. Jeremy, just get in there, hit each other and bleed. That's all I need. Bleed everywhere. That's all. Do you think, do you think we'll get blood in this war games? Blood and guts, brother. No, they're not doing Bloody that. Strong is going to be bleeding from his fire. He's going to be slapping it so much. USA, USA Network, USA Network ain't having blood and guts. They might do that on the other station. They ain't <laughs> do that on USA. Right? There's someone's going to get color in there, brother. Bobby Fish, as Bobby Fish was in the original War Games. He was, he was in the original. He was in the Horseman, in wasn't he? 1990 War Games, whatever it was. I believe. Yeah, I think he was in the 1985 War yeah. Games. I think he was with Oli, wasn't he? Potentially. Potentially. There you go. I mean, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I, Bob can tell me I'm wrong on that. I don't know, but I, Bob's a veteran. He'll get Carlo within minutes of this thing. Uh, the other big thing in wrestling this week, we got AJ and Drew McIntyre. Joe, you excited for this? The big match. I actually am excited for it. I think it's on paper, TLC has two of the more exciting pay-per-view matches, right? As far as title programs. Like if I, if, after the draft, if I'd have said to you, Jeremy, give me baby faces for Roman to fight, you'd have said, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens, right? Yes, yes. And I'd have said, Jeremy, give me heels for Drew's fight. You'd have probably just said AJ Styles, I guess. Was, you know, I know you pretty well, Jeremy. I thought that's what you said. Yeah. And here we are, TLC, biggest biggest party of the year, brother. I'm excited, I'm excited for it. My one thing with Drew, I'm actually, um, I was, I've been writing about Raw this week because I, you know, Sorry. sometimes I like to, yes, you know, that's what it is. <laughs> and I, Drew is really interesting. And I'm actually intrigued what the audience thinks of this. And what, what I mean by that is, please tweet me your opinion because I, you know, I'll probably never read the comments, but like Drew's objectively good, isn't he? He's done a really good job. He has good wrestling matches and his promos are good. But like, I never care. <laughs> I, ne- <laughs> I never like. You weren't never- sad when he lost the title? No. no if you're no, going to fight no. for UK, you got to be sad when, <laughs> when Drew loses the title. Okay. <laughs> no, I look. Like I do. I love the Randy bit on this pod. But, like, Drew matches for me are very much, like, for 15 minutes, I'll sort of, like, wander around, do stuff, and then it's like, okay, Drew's going to go into the finishing stretch, this grin, because he does great, awesome, exciting matches. 
I just never emotionally have that like attachment to him. It's not even a him thing. It may be a me thing. But I'm hoping AJ can change that because even though I don't, like I'm certain AJ's not winning, I feel like AJ's smart enough to convince me midway through the match that he may win, if that makes any sense, right? Like I feel like if anyone can do it, they'll get me at some point. So while I think it's not as strong a program as Owens and Reigns, which I have, I have such high hopes for that, for that what that can be, it's still a good, a good offering from Raw. I mean, I don't think you can be negative on this one, right? No, I'm looking forward to to Drew and AJ. It's probably the, I mean, what are the heels that they have on Raw? <laughs> like well, honestly, this actually, I'm actually interested because I was talking about this with someone. I can't remember who. I'm sorry if they're watching this. Raw, WrestleMania. Okay. When I, when you look at what Drew could do at WrestleMania, it's like Sheamus isn't the Mania match, right? No, no, God, I I like Sheamus. <laughs> oh Jesus! Wait, you can't do. Drew right. and Sheamus at WrestleMania, no. So it's The Fiend, right? God. Like, it has to be The Fiend. Like, look at who's on Raw, and it's wait, like... Wait, 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 no. No, The Fiend's the babyface. Orton right. is the master heel. Look, you're... If you think Bray still still even knows what babyface and heel is, you're <laughs> out of your mind, dude. I, I mean, he is the babyface in that angle, which is the most amazing part of it, but... <laughs> I just, I'm looking at what they got. Someone suggested to me Keith Lee joins the Hurt business and you do Keith and Drew, and it's like, but is Keith, are they really preparing Keith for such a thing? I don't know. beat Jordan. Right. To me, like, they like Keith Lee, but they very much to me see him as like a fringe top guy that you can slot in and out. I don't think they're planning any like WrestleMania triumphs, big Keith, unfortunately. How much I like him. So then you look at it and it's like, Raw is probably going to be. Randy and, and uh, Edge without the belt. Drew and Bray with the belt. Right? Is that what we're guessing? I'm not sure Randy and Edge is going to be without the belt, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can get Randy back to that belt, man. That was You explored I, that in every which way, I feel. I think they can get it back to him at the Rumble or even the pay-per-view before the Rumble, uh, whatever, Elimination Chamber. I really think they can get it back on him. So... This is like a. This is. A, I don't know. if This is an actual scoop. But you know when people do these virtual meet and greet deals, yeah. where like the you know the WWE superstars TM, they they come through and they go, oh, you know, hello, I'm Bray Wyatt the Fiend and all that. <laughs> I saw a few of Bray Wyatt's ones because people retweeted them on my feed and they were really cool. Bray Wyatt seems like a very nice fella, but in every one of them, the fan would say to him, "Are you going to go for Drew?" And Bray would say. I think I have to do. So I have to finish the business with Randy Orton first. No, I'm going to go after Randy Orton first. What I'm telling you, Jeremy Lambert, exclusively reporting here on the distraction, Bray Wyatt is booking Monday Night Raw. Okay, <laughs> like he is booking that show because to me, if I was Randy Orton, it's like okay, I've just lost the bell. What program do I go into? I would certainly not be putting my hand up for the Bray Wyatt fiasco here, <laughs> but he's in it now, and it's like. Are we are we overthinking this? Is this just Bray's brand, and he's like just killing time, popping himself with Randall? You said you said it's been Bray's brand for months now. I just want you to agree with me. Yeah, that's all you did. You just set you just set that up so you could agree with yourself from three months ago. Yes, that's exactly what I did. I appreciate that. It is his brand. It's his brand. I mean, I know that you know Gabe or whatever the shit didn't like that segment they did on Monday, but yeah, we're talking about Bray. <laughs> And Bray said that in. Bray was the one who was like, no, Brothers, perfect. The creative team was literally there and they was like, we normally start Raw so hot 
And you want us to go out there with a moment of bliss for Andy Orwin? No way. We have standards on Monday Night Raw, my friend. Do you not see our last segment with Adam Pearce talking to the lads like they were school kids? I'm intrigued by the thing with Alexa saying who is controlling who. Because if Alexa has the control of a killer clown, game over, pal. Is it? Is it really game over? Well, who? Here's my question for you, Jeremy Lambert. Okay. When the lights went out, did Randall Orton pick up Alexa Bliss, or did Alexa Bliss like sort of leap into Randall Orton's arms like a cartoon? I think he picked her up. You think, right? Yeah. You that's what you think, Jeremy Lambert. Have you got proof of that? Did you see it? He's because Orton, he's playing the mind games, and who's laughing now, Joseph? But who is Alexa laughing Bliss now? Didn't, she said, "Who's controlling her?" She wasn't too scared of the Randy Orton. Okay, but who's controlling who? People. Who's laughing are two different things. Listen, people Randy, can control and laugh at different times. Randall Orton is a dead man walking. Okay, he burnt the fiend's house down, or whatever he did. I forget. He burnt something down, and the fiend he does the fiend. He gets people's heads, their necks, and he spins it, doesn't he? He's gonna kill him. Randy, this is the end. Randy is gonna be in Ring of Honor by the end of the year. What is, what is the old version of Randy Orton? You know how the Fiend changes people into the old versions of themselves? What is the old so version Shaves his beard that week. He's like, I'm back. <laughs> 20, 2010 Randy Orton is back to win the WWE title. That'd be a great angle. That'd be very good. They should do an angle where they pretend Randy has gone back to his old self and don't actually explain that he's the exact same person. That'd be very, very strong. I'm with this. Good idea. Uh, Nicholas sends in a super chat. Knew the dirt sheets got it wrong. It was Bray ripping up the scripts 25 minutes before Raw. See, you can't blame Vince for everything. Could be. I don't know. Sure. I'm Honestly, I know this is an inside joke or like whatever, but I am in awe of someone on that team being like, I need to tell the PWI guys that I wasn't involved in this segment. <laughs> If I was on the creative team, I'd be doing that every week. I'd be like, segment four, seven, nine. <laughs> Not me. All Vince, brother. I said to Triple H, this is the shit. He said, no, Vince has got you covered. Don't worry about it. It's not me. It's not me shooting on the source, by the way. They're just reporting what they're told. But yeah, good exactly. Lord, it was funny. Very funny. Guys, reminder, you can send any super chats. Uh, get your question, comments, statement, read on air. What a transition. That transition just pop you. You're like, God, he went from shooting no. on cheats to, hey, give us money. I just I just can't. <laughs> Stuff like that is so funny to me because it's so transparent, right? It's like the one where anytime Sank said about someone protecting Roman Reigns, hmm, wonder who that would be. <laughs> Not his on-screen manager by any chance? Oh, I don't know. I love this business, brothers. I do love it. Uh, anything else from the world of wrestling here, Joseph? Do we have to talk any more wrestling? Seriously, Shane Taylor is like fucking awesome, Jeremy. Have you seen Shane Taylor? There you go. Have you, have you, have you seen Shane Taylor? Like his work as a singles? I've seen some of it. Uh, I watched the, what was the match you just did? Brody King? Is that the latest yes. match? Yeah, yeah. I watched that match. My God, like this, this, I know that people are kind of burnt out on just like, we have enough to watch Joe Sharp. We're watching a wrestling podcast. We don't need more wrestling. <laughs> watch this, watch this week's Ring of Honor TV for like two just great matches and like hardly any silliness in between. Shane Taylor is way better than I realized. And I knew that he was very good. So there's a thing, I guess, from the wrestling world. Have you got any random factoids like Jeremy? Do you watch? <laughs> 
You're a big uh, Major League Wrestling fan, right? Yes, well, I've actually watched this week's episode. Loki and David Boy Smith Jr. was a very good match yesterday. Were you on? Did you get the media call invite for oh, for the yeah. show? You were. Yeah. You got- you must have been the only person on there. Can you give us any scoops from the MLW media call? I don't need to give you a scoop from the media call. I'll give you a bigger scoop than that. I am the guy under the hood in in Contra Unit. I'm him. Wow. Wow. It'd be, it'd be such a better bit if I remembered his name. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know his name, so I can't help you. <laughs> I, I can confirm he's not built like me. But that's no. the, that's the that's the you know that's the business. They do this thing on MLW tip. By the way, the low key match was actually good. It was like twenty minutes, but it was very good. But they do this thing where like they have they have people talking. There's like a soundtrack, and the only sport I've seen that's done that is cricket because at cricket people talk, right? <laughs> But there's no – why would people just be talking amongst each other at wrestling? And then Rick, Rich, you know, he's Rich Brennan or whatever. He said <laughs> – he goes, he goes, you know, we've sold some some VIP suites to the, you know, the hardcore fans or whatever, the rich folks that watch MLW. So I was thinking, <laughs> so are they the ones that are talking? Where is the suites? Why can I hear their conversations? I don't know, dude. I just, you know, I just thought it was worth mentioning. My favorite thing about MLW – is that it's like a a dream sequence promotion, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. like yeah, the, the rich people that watch MLW got the sweets. The media call that everyone was on. Here's the big quotes from the media call that they held after AEW or before AEW. While AEW and NXT were going on, just the media were calling in and were like, ah, Winter is coming. Don't care about that. We got to hear what Court has to say following this episode of MLW Fusion. Just tremendous. Well, I, well, I thought you were going to say to everybody, pal. They're talking to everybody. I know they're, they're over, bro. I thought you were going to say your favorite part of MLW is the fact that like the building they're in is just smoky at all times. Yeah, look, it's just someone like, on a window. It's a nightclub, Joe. You know they got the the nightclub feel to it. It's MLW Shotgun Wednesday Night. I actually like. I genuinely enjoy parts of their show quite a bit. I just enjoy the fiasco that is like the the, the everything that's surrounding it is funny yeah. to me than the product itself. But like, like, you got to do actual... your best, right? What's that? You got to do your best. What you got? They try it. You know, it yeah. is what it is. Like tweet about the restart every day for four years and wait until someone <laughs> retweets and it's like we are now restarting. <laughs> we are now <laughs> after fifteen years of teasing it. I can confirm the restart is here. Okay, good. Can we just do the restart now? <laughs> Uh, their on-screen product is fine. It's just, yeah. uh, I love Court Bauer's Twitter feed. It's it's just tremendous. This man, big signing the major leagues. No one else is the major leagues, Joseph. Only. Big signing coming, by the way, Jeremy. There's always a big signing on the way. He you know is that, right? surprised. Look, somebody's taking Davy Boy Smith's uh, position on the roster because Davy Boy's finished up with MLW. It, this is such a big name. This is what was said on this media call that there were tons of media on. It's such a big name. He's surprised that it hasn't gotten out yet. Like, just cannot believe this has not been leaked to to the sheets yet. Who? Like, imagine if <laughs> imagine if like a basket. Imagine if Daryl Morey was like, "Yes, we have lost this player, but we have a name." <laughs> Let me tell you, it's such a big name, a familiar face. He's going to be coming here to the Sixers. Okay, I'm not, I can't tell you. I can't believe it isn't out yet. To be honest with you, I mean, I'm actively asking you to report on this now that I mention it. But please. <laughs> Don't get out there. Whatever you, who do you think it is? Terry Funk, right? Jerry Lawler? I know <laughs> it's Punk. 
MLW original, oh. CM Punk. I swear, if CM Punk comes out to the cult of personality and goes head-to-head with Jacob Fetto, we'll turn this into an MLW podcast. <laughs> I'll never say another thing, in, even, even in jest about that product, if they manage that feat. After replacing Davy Boy with him, that would be something. <laughs> Uh, are we done? Are we done talking yeah, wrestling? Definitely, definitely. Nothing was gained from that chaos. Brian staying to MLW. He's everywhere. He's everywhere, man. That, oh no! I've just realised something. Colts media call was in the first hour of AEW Dynamite. He didn't see it. It was Stang. He got double crossed on the deal, Jeremy. He put the phone down, and Stang came out on Dynamite. <laughs> Shit! Brian's uncovered it. God damn it! Need another familiar face, Colts. Hit me up. I'm familiar. Hit me up. <laughs> There's a big trade in the NBA last night. Can we call it big? They, get familiar, the big. they are familiar faces, right? Yeah, now. very familiar faces. Russell Westbrook goes to the Washington Wizards, and John Wall goes to the Houston Rockets. Joseph, this feels like such a big deal, and it was literally two years ago, and now it's just people are just dunking on this. Like, can you? Can both teams lose a trade? Like, that's what people are saying. Former MVP Russell Westbrook, who was third-team All-NBA last season. And people are just like, eh, whatever. What are we doing? I don't get that, though, about both teams. Like, how in, in what world are the Wizards losing this trade? I don't understand. They were going to pay Wall anyway. It's a – I don't get – I understand people love dunking on Russell Westbrook because yes. it's just very easy to do. Put up with it many, many years as a Thunder fan. And now they're they're still still going to do it. Do y'all not realize John Wall has not played a professional basketball game in two years? They, we don't know how good this guy is even going to be. He's getting paid the same money as Westbrook. It's the same contract length. So if you're the Wizards, yeah, they give up a protected first round pick, whatever. Why wouldn't you do this deal? At least you know Russell Westbrook for all his flaws, and there's a lot of flaws. You know he can play basketball. Like, he's not – he can play. He's a little yeah. bit injured sometimes, but you've seen him dribble a basketball in a professional game in the last six months. You haven't seen John Wall dribble a ball in a professional game in two years, Joseph. Yeah, I also, like – if you know you mentioned about how this would be a big deal two years ago. It's, like, it's not as though Wall was once, like, miles ahead of Westbrook, and now we're, we're guessing he'll be the same player. Westbrook hasn't been hurt, and when they were both healthy, it was like, yeah, I'll, Westbrook, sure, I'll take Westbrook. That's me anyway. I don't know, you know. Yeah, yeah. But like, after two years, <laughs> this is now like an annual holiday for the Rockets. Trade for overpaid point guard day is what they do every year. <laughs> Who's next on the list? Mike Conley. The I tweeted it. I tweeted it this morning. Mike Conley. Mike Conley. Yeah, because James Harden. You see, the report was James Harden prefers to play with John Wall over Russell Westbrook. And, yeah, so next year it's going to be he prefers to play with Mike Conley because Conley will play defense, doesn't need the ball as much. So that's that's what James Harden wants at his point guard. Harden and Westbrook are like best friends. He was the one who pushed for Westbrook to, to come to the team. It's bad, like man. It's a bad look. It's a really <laughs> bad look because everyone said it was a bad idea other than Harden who was like, no, friends can make stuff work. And obviously Westbrook's like, Obviously, Westbrook wants to make it work, right? Like, OKC were going to rebuild effectively. Everything had been changed with the Paul George thing. We get it. I'm burying that fool here in a second. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, you're going to stick up for Doc. Good good job. <laughs> so, 
Uh, what was he talking about? Yes. So I understand it, but like it's just it rings so hollow now, right? Like it's done after a year. They didn't even have the craziest thing too is if they really believed in it, Westbrook wasn't even healthy at the start of the playoffs. You could argue he didn't get a chance to get back into like you know the place he needed to be physically, and they've just done with it. Harden's like, I want John Wall. <laughs> I, I don't. I really don't even know if that's like a hardened call of. I prefer John Wall over Russell Westbrook. I I think that I think both Harden and Westbrook want out. And so Westbrook is just he's easier to trade in the sense that you can maybe get equal value in John Wall if John Wall can actually play basketball. I don't think it's John Wall that he's going going to go well. And I love John Wall. But he's a guy who was extremely built on athleticism. Like he doesn't have much of a jump shot. Like people want to bury Westbrook's jump shot. Like John Wall's not like some a lot of similarities. Yeah. Like, like John Wall's not like some elite shooter out here that that they they've gone out and acquired. John Wall, yes, he does play better defense. He's uh, more engaged on defense and everything, but he is very much built on explosiveness and athleticism. And he hasn't played basketball in two years. Like Andre Robertson didn't play basketball in two years. He looked good in like some preseason games and some, you know, video clips and stuff. And, you know, I talked myself into at least shooter Andre Robertson. Uh, he didn't sniff the playoffs. They realized, no, this guy ain't playing in the playoffs. I'm like, I don't care. I, I hope the Rockets just burn for all I care. It'd be great. We got all their draft picks. Awesome. Uh, I, if I'm a Rockets fan, I'm very concerned that John Wall is just like Nick's Derrick Rose at this point yeah. or even worse like calves Derek Rose and just offers you like nothing. It feels like I'm not saying it will happen this year, but it feels like the longer the Rockets kind of like push this forward, inevitably it will just like fall off a cliff one season, right? Cause for, for better, they always are like competitive and win a certain amount of games. I feel at some point Harden's going to get hurt in a season and that will just be the end. It'll all bottom out and it'll be like, why did we keep going with this? Um, I don't know. If that's the year, this year for that. It very well could be. What the wizards, what do you think, real quickly, what do you think John Wall's career three-point percentage is? 31%. 32%. He's not – it was 30% the, the last season he played, which, again, mm-hmm. was two years ago. He's, he's not a good shooter. No. It's just, but don't worry, don't worry. James Harden's gonna move off of the ball. Make it work, brother. Yeah, it James, you know, he's gonna be setting screens for Harden to, you know, they're gonna run screen and uh screen and roll with Harden and and John Wall. It'll be fine, it'll be good. Well, the thing is, Jeremy, is, is he wants to win, doesn't he? And that's the key is when you get to this point, you need to win. Um, the Wizards quietly, their offensive stats are probably gonna be like terrible, they're gonna probably gonna be insane. They, they may be one of the best teams in the league offensively, genuinely. This is a good scenario for Russell Westbrook. And I'll, I'll always defend Westbrook. I think he gets way more flack than, than he deserves. But he's got a lot of good shooting around him between uh, Beal, Davis Burtons, Hachimura, even uh, what's their say, Thomas Bryant. Like, I feel like Bryant, he's a good yeah. shooter. Like, they, they've got some shooting on that team. And you give Westbrook space. I, I mean, look what he did with the Rockets last year with, with all that spacing. Like, he can get to the rim, and he finished very well last year it's always just a matter of of health with westbrook because if he's not healthy they you know he can't he's not going to do as much and decision making and the decision making that's just he is what got, it is, right? yeah <laughs> that, that just ain't gonna change with westbrook he's gonna take those shots but if he's not taking those threes i the other concern if i'm i'm a wizards fan is scott brooks might be a little too lenient on russell westbrook and he will just kind of let him do his own thing 
and I do think D'Antoni did like a decent job kind of holding him accountable mm-hmm. last year on, on what he could and couldn't do. Scott Brooks ain't going to be like that. Scott Brooks is just going to be like, whatever. I love you, Russ. We spent many years together in OKC. Ours is better than yours. And then that was it. I just don't like, I get all of the concerns of Westbrook because we, we went through them all, what, two weeks ago when this whole thing happened. Yeah. But it's like, I don't get how any Wizards fan could be anything positive about this because their whole thing is we don't want to give up Bill. Okay. So that means they don't want to rebuild, right? They, they want to try and make it work with Brad Bill. Cool. I get that. So you were going to try and make it work with John Wall. Now you get to make it work with Russell Westbrook. What's, I don't, I don't get why people are like, oh my, losers all round. It's like, not, I mean, if Davis Bertans can shoot the ball the way he did last year, because there is always a concern with players like that when you give them the twenty million dollar, like, <laughs> the ridiculous deal that he's got, it's like five years too, right? It's a big deal. There's a concern that all of a sudden, you know, problems start to arise. But like, I think if you're trying to make a competitive team with Bradley Bill, I think you've done. You're in a much better position now than you was two days ago. Like, because as we said, Westbrook's for all of those flaws. He's still a guy who averaged, what did he average last year? 27? 27, 7 and 7, probably something like that, right? Like I would imagine his numbers are going to be even better this mm-hmm. year. In terms of their, their backcourt now is a ton of scoring. They're going to yeah. be fun. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to be a great team, but they'll be fun and they'll be better than they were going to be with War, I feel. So look, good on them, I guess, right? They're trying to roll the dice best they can. I mean, again, you don't know what you're getting with John Wall. You know what you were getting yeah. two years ago, but. You have no idea. Westbrook is more of a sure bet. And if you're trying to make the playoffs, and I, it seemed like the Wizards are, because like you said, they're keeping Beal. So if you're going to keep Beal, you're probably trying to make the playoffs because Brad, Bradley Beal is a very good player. Westbrook Westbrook is a better better option to try and make the playoffs. I think they make the playoffs. I mean, you look at the okay. East. And there's obviously there's teams up there. Some teams are going to fall, but they're better than the Magic, right? The Magic made the playoffs last year. They're better mm-hmm. than them. They're way better. Than Orlando. Yeah, no, I agree completely. And I just, I would get more of the apathy if if Wall had like, if Wall was an expiring contract and it was like, oh man, the Wizards have just given themselves more years of paying that money. You'd be like, okay, I get why they're getting dunked on. But it's not. They're no. going to pay a ridiculous amount of money anyway. Like, why <laughs> not have a player that we know is still useful? I just, it's, to me, it makes a lot of sense. We spoke about every destination with Westbrook. I don't think we even remember they were in the league at the time. So we were like, I don't know. I didn't, no, we, I didn't even know you could do about, that. Like, we talked about a Westbrook for wall swap because it's it's been rumored for a couple of weeks. We just kind okay. of dismissed it as being like, we didn't think it was going to happen. And then it happened. I didn't think it could. I didn't think the Rockets would be like, yeah, sure, we'll pay the same money for a point guard we don't know can play basketball anymore. Good idea. Well, I just, I don't know. That's, that's the, <laughs> well, I guess that, well, Joseph, James tweet. Harden preferred to play with John Wall. So the yes. Rockets were just like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll make that trade. In a couple of years, it's going to be like, Harden wants to play with TJ McConnell desperately. Okay? <laughs> I was going to continue that thread of – a year from now, it's going to be prefers to play with Mike Conley. A year later, prefers to play with Terry Rozier. A year, <laughs> a year after that, or TJ McConnell. Like it's just constantly downgrade on the point guard. <laughs> Imagining like the talk with TJ, like yeah, springs defense, toughness. He needs toughness. That's what Harden needs. Doesn't need scoring, Jerry. He doesn't need scoring. TJ McConnell six points a game going to be fine. He just needs that toughness. That's all he needs. <laughs> uh, Paul George. This guy said some stuff yesterday did you see these quotes that he had out there and did you see the athletic article 
No, I did not see the argument. I saw the, I, what I saw was tweets responding with statistics that proved him completely wrong. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's enough, Paul George, for today. <laughs> he basically said Doc Rivers tried to use him like JJ Redick, which was very far from the truth. And he talked about the accountability, not making adjustments, and all this stuff. It's like, dude, y'all had a three-one lead. Y'all are up in all of these games. You were you were hitting the side of the backboard on wide open threes. All right, but you can blame Doc Rivers for on that you're getting wide open corner threes and hitting the side of the backboard here's my thing with paul george he ruined russell westbrook's career okay he he absolutely ruined russell westbrook's career oh man that was on you've twisted the dagger on him there there was no need for this on this day there was no need he did joseph he goes to oklahoma city big fanfare we love them all and look westbrook is going to die a legend in oklahoma city he goes to OKC, brought championship aspirations. The the mellow year didn't go so well. I get it. There, some complications there. Let's not one let's of not his re- two years off the board already. Yeah, let's not let's not go there. Okay, the mellow year wasn't good. What do you do though, Joseph? What do you do in the offseason? Resigned. Three year deal. Three year deal. Resigned. You you got the famous picture of uh him and Westbrook smoking the cigars. They throw that big party. Paul George is like, I'm back. I got unfinished business. And we're like, yeah, three more years. Westbrook and George, like, we, we can really get this together and everything, right? It's going to be great. First half of that first season, MVP. Paul George played great. MVP caliber. I I, I would have voted for him, MVP, up until the All-Star break. Things fall apart. We get into the playoffs. Playoff P showed up in both of those playoff years. He let Russell Westbrook down. In both of those playoffs, the shoulder, Jeremy, the shoulder. He takes the shoulder it. with this guy. It's always the shoulder with He's this like guy. Cowboy Bob, he takes it for you to know. You're supposed That's to when it. you see the tapes. There's a shoulder, oh, the shoulder. Never mind. Always the shoulder with it. He let Russell Westbrook down two straight seasons in the playoffs. And Westbrook catches the blame, of course, because he takes 40 shots and he's barking at Lillard and he's barking at Rubio and stuff. And they're both uh, giving him the business and everything. But so Westbrook takes the blame. Paul George is the one who really fucked up in the playoffs, though. What does he do? What does he do after they lose to the Blazers? He's like, I'm out. I'm out. I want to go home. I could have, you know, I could have gone to LA last year. I could have gone, I could have played with LeBron last year. But I was like, I'm going to be dedicated to Oklahoma City and Russell Westbrook. One year after he failed, he's like, I'm out. I want to go home and play with Kawhi. Cool. Cool. We got it. We look, tremendous return for Paul George. Love it. Shea, all these 18 million picks, absolutely in love with all that stuff. Awesome. But in the process of going to LA, leaving Russell Westbrook hanging, he forced OKC into a rebuild. He forced OKC to trade Russell Westbrook. And we had to trade him to Houston because James Harden preferred to play with Russell Westbrook at the time. So we send him to the franchise that absolutely hates him. The fan base, their general manager, your general manager, actively put out a smear campaign against Russell Westbrook two years prior being like, this man doesn't deserve the MVP. It should be James Harden. That's the team we traded him to. And then they smeared him some more, and then they sent him to Washington. Now Russell Westbrook has been traded two straight off-seasons, all because Paul George failed in the playoffs and then couldn't handle the bright lights of Oklahoma City and so wanted to go to L.A. (laughs) (laughs) The best part about that rant by far was when you go, people blame Westbrook, and you name like eight reasons why people rightly blame Westbrook. It was like, but it was really Paul George. They went back to, look, man, I mean, there's – a lot of that was true. A lot, I mean, some of it wasn't, but you know, never let the, the truth. Wasn't true. 
Well, I think the bright lights of Oklahoma City were probably, <laughs> was probably a, a, you know, you know, debatable. Um, the lights are brighter let, there than they are anywhere else. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. I'm on board with what yes. you're doing here. I'm fine with it. I agree with most of it. Um, I don't know if Paul needed this after we agreed that Russ had just found himself a good situation. I, I honestly don't know if he needed you to just dunk on him a little bit more here. It's bad oh, enough. Fuck Paul George. He's oh. over here. He's over oh. here talking hang on, on it. Hang on. I've got it. All I right. figured it out. It's finally come together. I've got it. MLW's looking for a big name. <laughs> okay? Now, look. Paul George, great basketball player. It's, it's dumb, man. It's finished. He's blaming coaches on podcasts. He's making a fool of himself. He needs to revive his career elsewhere. Look at Pat McAfee, right? He's red hot because of NXT, which is a, mass, a hugely popular TV show that's helped him tremendously. Right, Jeremy? The ratings, wow. I see Contra Unit, PG-13. Your thoughts? Why would Contra want that? Why would they just want a failure in their stable? Why? He'd be a great fit in retribution. That's all they do is fail. He'd be great with them. Imagine Paul George just coming in under a hood in retribution. <laughs> Never explained. <laughs> Paul George. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly feel I know why you have your, your like resentment for him. I get it. And you like popping yourself. No, like, I, 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 love, I love Paul George. Look, I mean Look, if he'd stayed on the team, we would have kept losing in the first round and gone absolutely nowhere. He left the team. We're still losing in the first round. We got 1,800 picks, and we have a bright future ahead of us. It's tremendous. But my problem with Paul George is that he ruined Russell Westbrook's career. And I love Russell Westbrook, and I will always love Russell Westbrook. I I understand. It's just I can only imagine what it's like, Jeremy, to be like, yes, I'll do this podcast interview, and it just results in – actual days of just dunking from every which co- like everyone laughs at this man and i'm not saying it's not deserved i'm just saying good lord i can't imagine what it's like he can post anything on instagram he can post an ad for this show and people be like wide open corner free <laughs> so hit the side of the board <laughs> like he can't, he's over he's finished and until he wins the championship he's like there's one way it's going to be discussed so i don't know man i don't know i don't want to i don't want to encourage you here but i'm glad you got that off your chest I'm sure you'll never go back to it again. Ray Callahan Jr. asks, who's better, PG-13 or Ricky Starks? I played the fifth. I'm not going to answer that question. It's an interesting question. There's many layers to it, right? Now, here's the question is, what scoring option is Ricky Starks with Team Taz? Because they have three guys now, right? They've got a big three. He's like a nice, semi-decent role player off the bench, I feel like. Wow. On a three-man team? Yeah, like like, (laughs) Ricky... If Ricky Starks, I mean, Taz is on the team, right? Isn't Taz player coach? He's choking out people. True. Okay, that's fine. We'll do yeah. that, yeah. Taz is the point guard. Yeah, Taz is the point like, guard. He's um, like Muggsy Bikes. Point <laughs> <laughs> guard. And obviously, you've got the front court of Cage and Hobbs. Yeah, that's who you throw it down to. That's Duncan and Robinson right, right there. That's so funny that we're saying that, because I legit think Cage is like five foot ten. <laughs> yeah, he is. But, you know, what but are you going to do? There's nobody better than. No, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that voice right now. But yeah, there's not. Um, what was the question? Oh yes, Ricky Starks is better. That's that's the answer. Debatable. Debatable. But you won't disagree, which kind of proves, like, in how entrenched you are in this Ricky Starks bit, that really proves your resentment for Paul George, bit. doesn't it? Bit. Sorry, rivalry, conflict, feud. It's creating buzz here, Joseph. Heat creating butts. Yeah. You sure are, pal. <laughs> Call me a poser. 
can't stand that guy. What are we? Are we done? Is the show over? You said you said that like Tony Khan called you a poser, which is a tremendous a tremendous fault to me. But yes, Ricky Starks. You Ricky can't Starks probably paying me to TK. That's why. That's why I can't get any. Wait, wait. Is Ricky Starks a TK guy? Is this? A Dude, they're smashing the white claws. Smashing the white oh, claws at midnight. Shit. I might be on your side on this thing now. I'm not sure. <laughs> Tony Khan, Tony Khan un- uncovered that scoop. He's like, yeah, me and Ricky, we were smashing the White Claws at, at, late at night. And Ricky's like, like to dress up with Darby, dress up like Darby. And Tony's like, great idea. Love it. Absolutely love that idea, Ricky. And they did it. <laughs> that is 100% right with Don Callis. Don Callis was like, have you watched? He nearly said, he was literally about to say, but he's like, I watch it every week, every week. <laughs> DVR, five times. Send me reports to the Observer. I love it. Jordan Grace he just says names. Don's like trying to plot something out and he's just screaming names <laughs> in his face. So excited. Bless bless his heart. Tony Khan. <laughs> I nothing. I, people think this is like me taking shots. I, I, I cannot stress enough to you my admiration for the lunacy of that man. He legitimately runs three sports franchises and doesn't blink. His eyes don't blink. He just stares directly down the camera. He lives my dream, and he, he smashes the cold beers with the boys. It's incredible yeah. life he lives. Just Tony Khan's got two poses in interviews. That's it. Two, two. Oh, it's it's hands on the hips. There we go. This is a Tony Khan. <laughs> hands on the hips, and then that. Whoa, what's that one? I haven't and seen that. Two poses, he just talks and like he moves his hand like this, yeah. but it, it's always like that. But it's always one hand on the hip or two hands on the hips. And he just talks like this. He's like, "It's a great show tonight. Absolutely." Fantastic episode of Dynamite. Did you see this episode of Dynamite? Just fantastic. We had Sting there. We had Sting. Winter is coming. Did I create heat or did I create buzz? What what happened? <laughs> the best the best Tony Khan press conference moment was when the 15-hour all-out ended and people were like, I didn't think that was a great show. And the first question was, Tony, your full show? He goes, the best wrestling show ever produced. <laughs> Quite possibly the best entertainment feat in the history of the world. I How loved it. How is every episode of AEW the best episode of AEW? <laughs> this is uh, I I came on this streamyard gimmick today, being like, this could be a short show, not really feeling it. You know, let's talk about Sting, we'll have some fun. <laughs> We're now at Aaron twenty seven, and we've booked Paul George in Contra. <laughs> You're taking all sorts of pot shots and elsewhere. We're comparing Ricky Starks and Paul George. We're talking about mugs and bogues and Taz. Whatever that is we're doing. Incredible show. That's it, everybody. Look, we can't go anywhere else from here. Once you do a Tony Khan uh, pose impression, that's all downhill. All right. True. It's very true. Tony Wait, Khan is what's like, your theory, Joseph? What's your theory? There you go. Tony Khan is 100% watching this show, too, because I, I assume any video that's titled Sting, it will watch the next two months. And, it, and then eventually the president was like, he's going to be like, you know, people, some people didn't agree with the move. Now look at it. Now look at it. Heat or buzz? Heat or buzz, right? There you go. <laughs> look, there's no one else I would want running the ship more than TK. All right? Yes. He's listening to this show, scrolling yes. through Impact roster page. I got to like, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy Dreamer. Anyone? Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> we got to finish the show because I got to cover a friggin' Triple H media yes. call in half an hour. So, all right, everybody. Follow Joseph on Twitter. You got features this week, Joseph? Absolutely not. No, no features. features. No way. No. Get out of here. That show sucks. <laughs> uh, follow Joseph on Twitter at Joe Holbert. It says Joe Holbert five on his uh, little gimmick there. We we got to get that updated. Come on, graphical team. Get that rules. <laughs> My Twitter is wrong. That rules. No five. <laughs> <laughs>
Or you can just yeah. type in, see that there's no account with it anymore, and just be like, well, I'm not following <laughs> it. That could also work. Well, Joseph, on Twitter, uh, you can follow me at Jeremy Lambert 88 uh, We're playing TEW tomorrow, correct? I think we're playing yes, TEW. Yeah. I hope so. Yes. And yeah. then I assume I'll be joining you Sunday. I hope so. Yes. Um, many shenanigans ahead. Fun times. Uh, TEW tomorrow with Joseph. I'm on the SmackDown post show tomorrow with Sean. Streaming Saturday night with Joel Pearl playing video games. I think we're playing Backyard Wrestling. Uh, so we're going to play that. And then Sunday, uh, post NXT TakeOver, Joseph's going to be on, and Andrew Thompson from Post Wrestling is going to be on as well, our, our good our good buddy, Andrew Thompson. We're gonna, I think we're just going to talk about Ready to Rumble after NXT. I feel like that's what we're going to do, right? <laughs> okay. All right, everybody. We appreciate you tuning in. We will talk to you all later on. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save